the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Our friend Mike Sando is a senior writer at The Athletic, and he joins Michelle and Randy on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Mike, it's always great to have you on here in St. Louis. How are you doing this morning? Good. I just smile hearing the familiar voice. You know, we we used to talk more when we had uh, the team there, but it's great to hear you, and I'm sure it'll be great to hear Michelle here, too. That's right, Mike. It's always great to talk to you, but uh, let's talk about NFL trade deadline. What are some rumors that you're hearing? What are some teams we should be tracking today? Well, Philadelphia has been trying to get rid of some of their bad money, you know, on their on their team. But yet, at the same time, they're in a race, right? And they're in their division. They're probably going to win it. So, I think they could be a team that is intriguing. Like, uh, do they think they could win the division anyway? You know, offloading players. Is anybody really going to be a buyer? Uh, because I think next season we're going to have a smaller salary cap, uh, and if you have unused space this year, you get to carry it over. So. I think that's why we're not seeing um, that many big moves. But they would be a team to watch, I, I think, for sure. And, you know, I think everyone's looking at Green Bay, like, are they going to get a receiver? But they never really do. So <laughs> the deadline will probably pass, and they probably won't. I would if I were them. You wrote in The Athletic about the Patriots, who are now 2-5, and five, and uh, they look like they're not going to make the playoffs. But is there really much to sell in New England? Uh, not really. You know, I mean, I, no one's going to you know, make a big splash for the players on their team. And I think that that's one of their problems, right? I mean, they, they've obviously had great teams, but the individual parts on those teams, uh, besides obviously Tom Brady and, you know, Rob, Rob Gronkowski when he was there, aren't overly appealing. So, uh, you know, are they going to unload a Stephon Gilmore? Is somebody going to be a buyer for that? Um it seems like a long shot to me. Mike, I do think it's a badge of honor for Belichick in that you, you mentioned probably the two Hall of Famers that they drafted in the last 20 years in Brady and Gronkowski, but they've still won a half a dozen Super Bowls. But I, I couldn't agree more with the premise of your piece about how this year really isn't as much a product like Belichick said about not having cap space as it is about not identifying good players that you're drafting. Absolutely. They have $3 million in their cap on the quarterback position. The Colts have $47 million, right? So you should be having somewhat of, of an advantage with having inexpensive quarterback play for the rest of your roster. I mean, the bottom line is Bill Belichick as a head coach has won 77% of his games when Brady started and 46% when he doesn't start. And that's the way it just is in the league, right? I mean, you can find any good coach uh, they're going to be much better when they have a really great quarterback. They don't have that this year, and that's uncovering some of the warts. And let's face it, frankly, last year we could see some of those warts too. They they went 12-4. and four. They were great on defense. They played a really bad schedule of opposing quarterbacks, and they were able to win. But it's come apart a little this year. And, look, the COVID excuse is a good one for them. They had three 
good starting players opt out. Um, I think what's puzzling is why is Belichick bringing this up? If he doesn't bring it up, I'm probably thinking, golly. Buffalo went all in this year, and they can barely beat New England. You know what I mean? Buffalo is trading for digs. I mean, they got Josh Allen. They're excited. They're really peaking. And they almost lost the dang game to to New England, which can't do anything right. You're so right, Mike. By him bringing it up, it then opens up the criticism for him, (laughs) us labeling it as an excuse. You're absolutely right. People probably wouldn't be talking about it had he not brought it up. But I want to ask you you about uh, Lamar Jackson. So the Ravens lose to the Steelers. It was a a big game. Everybody had their eyes on it. He threw a pick six, four turnovers. Wasn't a great performance for him. And the conversation then becomes, can Lamar Jackson win the big one? Do you think there's a nugget of truth to that, or do you think it's a bit of an overreaction? You know, the nugget of truth to it just is that there's a big gap between how great he is as a player and how great he is as a quarterback when you have to throw the ball more, right? I mean, that's the gap we're talking about. And so when you play, uh, not so much in this, this Pittsburgh game, it was somewhat of a factor, but when they've had to play Kansas City in the playoffs or some of those big games, let's face it, the other team's going to score points and you're going to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to do, play the game in a way that they're not really set up to play it. So... That just kind of is what it is. I don't think they're going to suddenly become great at that. It doesn't mean they can't win big games. I mean, heck, if, if there's a fumble down there and he fumbled it, I mean, that's on him. But they maybe win that game otherwise, right? I mean, it was really close to them winning the game. So I think we just have to not go overboard and say that Lamar Jackson chokes or he can't win the big game. I mean, look, most teams don't win the games against the best teams, right? They're just on that edge of being, they're clearly one of the best teams, but they haven't gotten over that hump. Mike Sander from The Athletic with us on 101 ESPN. And along those lines, Mike, I would think that Lamar is going to be dramatically affected by the loss of Ronnie Stanley. That's uh, It's not an underrated loss by any stretch, but how does Lamar operate without his stud left yeah. tackle? I think he's better off than a lot of guys. If, if you couldn't move and had to, were in a drop-back passing game, the opposite extreme of their offense would be the greatest show on turf where uh, Warner's dropping back deep and you got to have Orlando Pace holding up because it's a seven-step drop and we're throwing the ball 25 yards down the field on every down, right? Well, what do they do? They, they had a 10-play drive uh, late in the game in the fourth quarter. They went 69 yards and they never passed. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think they can. I think they can hide it uh, much better than most teams through the scheme of their run game, through the fact that their quarterback, even if you beat their left tackle, their quarterback might run for ten yards, or you might run for fifty yards. So um, I, th- I don't think that hurts them as much as it would a team that had an immobile quarterback with a timing passing game. Mike, I never know what to make of Baker Mayfield. It feels like my opinion pendulum swings on him from week to week. So as we sit yeah. here at the halfway point, how would you evaluate Baker Mayfield with the Browns sitting at five and three? Yeah, I think your evaluation really just reflects kind of what a tier three quarterback is. And my quarterback tier th- tiers poll every year, you're good enough to win with him, but a lot of stuff's got to be right around him. And if you have to lean on him too much, um, it's going to expose him more than reveal him as a star and reason for your win. So I think he's a win with quarterback more than a win because of quarterback. They know that, and it dovetails with the type of offense that Kevin Stefanski wants to run. Uh, but for the most part, when they get out of that comfort zone and don't have the balance, um, you're going to see inconsistent results from him because there's questions, can he see really well from the pocket? He's not a refined pocket passer. And then just athletically, he's not Lamar Jackson, right? If it breaks down, he's not going to – he may run for a first down, but he's not going to scare the defense. Mike, 
I think in every in every approach that we take to voting for MVP, in my opinion, right now at the midway point, Russell Wilson's the guy with his team defense allowing 28 points a game with who his backup is. I know he's got some nice receivers now this year, but he elevates guys. Is there anybody else in the hunt right now with Russell Wilson for MVP? It's funny, you know, I was watching, uh, looking at some stat thing that came over. Um, Pat Mahomes has 21 touchdowns and one interception, and no one's talking about him for MVP. And his team, 7-1, and one, by the way, has a higher winning percentage than Seattle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Um, and I, yet I do feel like we all can see that the defense in Seattle um, has made it harder to win. So um, I do agree that Wilson is the front runner, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers has 20 touchdowns and two interceptions. There's some guys with amazing numbers. I think we just sort of feel like uh, Russell Wilson is doing more because even though he has some pretty good weapons, it's not maybe quite as great of weapons as Kansas City. And then Kansas City, you know, I think there's a tension on the fact that Wilson hasn't gotten an MVP vote before, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that helps him actually this year. It feels like, okay, it's sort of like, Mahomes is now Belichick. Like, Belichick has to go, like, 15-1 and one to be coach of the year, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like, oh, you know, Belichick was 12-4. and four. No one even talks about him as the MVP. So maybe it's Russell Wilson's turn, and we kind of feel that. Mike, which 5-3 and three team do you trust more, the Bears or the Rams? Oh, wow. I guess I trust the Rams more. I think they're both pretty good on defense. Maybe the Bears are a little better, but they're both pretty good on defense. And then we, we question the quarterbacks of the teams, but I think – in the McVeigh-Goff marriage, like that's better than Nagy and what they have on Chicago. So I'm going to lean towards the Rams side, but certainly we can see them. They when they get out of their element, you know, they, they can look bad too. Who comes out of the NFC East? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I think it's probably going to be Philadelphia, um, you know, by default on it, but ugly, isn't it? It's really hard to watch. Deck Dallas is unwatchable. I really have a hard time. Sunday night, I think I finished my column earlier than normal because I was barely watching the game. It was like, this isn't even worth watching. You know, Mike, I have not watched a ton of the Giants. I know that they've played in a lot of close games. And last night, they made, I think, the Buccaneers look worse than they are. I'm kind of getting a, a 1996 Tony Dungy first year with the Bucks vibe with Joe Judge and the, the, the Giants here. And it's all going to come down to the quarterback, obviously, although with Dungy, he never really had one. But I, I see that team ascending a little bit, even though they're one and seven. I know, but their quarterback has seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, and keeps throwing the ball to the other team right. when he's harassed. So I think they have a really interesting um, situation because I think you're right. You can see some other good things, right? I mean, the, the defense gave uh, Brady some problems. They played well enough to win the game, uh, other than their quarterback turning it over. Yet coming into the year, what they were hoping was, hey, we may not have that good of a team, but at least we have a quarterback that we think we can build around. It may be the opposite by the end of the year. They may be one of those teams that – uh, has a top five pick in the draft and a real decision to make, right? I mean, you're going to roll with Daniel Jones for the next three years when he keeps doing the things he does decision making wise, not protecting the ball. And they're th- they're showing graphics on the screen with Ryan Leaf's name in them. You know, yeah. And they really don't. Uh, you talk about them being in that game last night against a good team, and their their weapons aren't that great. They'd be a different team, I think, with Saquon. And they they don't have great wide receivers. The anger in the tight end is fine, but there's a lot of elements that he doesn't have either. Not to, uh, not to defend the guy, yeah. but they're doing, what, uh, what I'm seeing is they're doing pretty well, but they still have needs. I think Judge is doing a good job, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, exactly. For, for, maybe that's how our expectations are. You know, they're one and seven, and we're actually feeling like it's better than it's been. I mean, that maybe tells you where they've been, but I'm kind of with you a little bit. Like, like, okay, they're building something there. Let's see, you know, what they're going to do next year. And I think, like I said, big decisions to be made. Do you keep Dave Edelman and stay on that path? Do you do you ride with Daniel Jones? I mean, those are huge things that are going to affect um, the next few years. But you maybe you do feel like okay. There's at least a little bit more stability or or there's a plan with our head coach. Last thing, and uh, I, I'm ambivalent about the Niners, but, man, I feel sorry for them. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a team lose as many stars as the Niners have lost this year. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, And, and it, what it shows me is those opportunities when you do get to the Super Bowl are precious. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think you're in this window and you think, okay, we're going to have Kittle back and we got our quarterback maybe. And all of that can feel very differently, very quickly. So when you get there, you better win that dang thing because you may never get back. Mike Sando, great to hear your voice. We have to do this more often. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. We'll see you later. That is our friend Mike Sando from The Athletic, and he's been a friend of 101 ESPN for a long time. When you were producing, right? That's right. He used to come on with Bernie weekly, I believe, at the Mm -hmm. time. And he puts out great work. Love his quarterback tears. Yeah, it's great. And he uh, he does have a great piece up at The Athletic now about Belichick and the excuse that Belichick made last week and about how many good players, or not good players, they have drafted over the last few years. Coming up, Scoops with Danny Mack, and we'll cross things over with our buddy, the voice of the Cardinals, next on 101 ESPN.